This is the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and I am prepared to do a Bible class, but what I've done for the last couple years is take a portion of this service and just see if there's something you would like to say in gratitude for what God's done for you in this last year. And if you're here, it, Marcel, Draylon and I are going to work together here. He'll carry a, a but. So I have to take this opportunity, I, although some people who have social media probably would know this, but um, <clears throat> as a, many of you know, Dustin has had um, three febrile seizures. So when he's had, he never had a fever his whole first year of life. We were in quarantine, so he didn't really ever have a fever. Um, but then he had, his first fever started in March. Seven weeks later, he had another seizure. And then eight weeks after that, he had another seizure. So three within a very short amount of time. So I was, I went through a lot of anxiety and just a very dark place. Um, sorry, it's still very fresh, but. So I remember rejoicing when we passed that eight week mark. And then we hit, you know, three months passed and then we hit four months passed. And tomorrow will be five months that we've been seizure free. <laughs> um, and this past Saturday night, we got in bed and um, he, Lucy had been sick last week. And so I just kind of was preparing myself and I just prayed to my to, to God, I just said, you know, God, just let us get through this weekend. And wouldn't you know it, Josh has been working every weekend in Ohio with his new job. And so he got home Saturday night, the baby fell asleep, and he happened to be home. God just knew he needed to be home with me. He got home. We discovered that the baby had a fever, and it was actually 101, which his last seizure was 100.7 when he had his last seizure. So it's still very low. It's like a low-grade fever, technically. Um, so this, when I checked his temp, it was 101, and we went through the whole night with no seizure, and he has been fine, recovering, and totally fine. So I believe, and I knew a couple months back that God had healed him, and I'm just claiming that. I just know it. I just have to say it out loud because... I'm declaring it so the enemy knows that we are not going to go through this again. So I'm just thankful. Praise God. Praise God. That means so much to me because I remember Renee and I had an auto accident. And um, I, it's, it's been so long ago that I, I forget the details. Off the top of my head, the seatbelt broke. But Ashley was with Renee and I, and her seatbelt broke, and she hit the windshield so hard it shattered the windshield with her head. And um, she she said, "I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay." And so we didn't take her to the emergency room. And um, but she was shaken up because of the accident, and so she was very little, and um, we let her sleep between us that night. And in the middle of the night, I felt the bed shaking. And when I turned on the light, she was having a seizure. And it, it, I, I scooped her up, and she was purple. And, and I thought she was dead. And uh, my, my dad and mom were living with us at the time and I screamed, Daddy help me. And my dad instantly jumped out of bed, started to pray and I got the phone and, and dialed 911 and it just so happened that they were at the end of the street waiting they said, we had learned that on the weekend, it, we, there were calls that came from this part of town. They just happened to be like 20 seconds away from our house. And they came and, and I saw that. And I just remember her eyes rolling back in her head and all that. And, and I, I thought she was dead. And uh, it was a scary time. 
but God was good to us. He's good to us, and boy, can she talk now. <laughs> Josh got a new job. That is, that's, I believe, six men in our church now are working for Casco, the construction company. Mr. Buchanan um, called me and he said, if you got any more, we'll take them, Pastor Hoffman. He said, the men that come from First Church now are the backbone of our, of our company. And he said, your men don't cheat, they don't lie, they don't steal, they show up on time. Give us an honest day's work for an honest day's wage. They're the best employees we've ever had. And so it's a testament to that. Um, I've got this secret wish. I, I, we'll see, we'll turn it out to bids, but when we do the new building, I'd really like Casco to build our new building so that the fellas that are working for them could actually work on the church. I think that would be kind of cool if that could happen. We'll see, okay, amen. You got something? You, I, I, Renee had such a powerful prayer meeting this morning. I, I so respect my wife every morning. Every, every morning she's up at five, between five and six, but most of the time it's five. And I, could, I can usually tell when they're having a good one. And uh, um, uh, we call it peeking in tongues. That's what we call it. And trust me, every morning in my house was peeking in tongues. And, uh, but today was a special time with her prayer group because it seemed like everybody added to it. And here's a verse, and uh, uh, I've, I've always loved this verse. It's, 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 it's technical, but listen, here's what it says. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that, which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. This is what the NIV says. From him, the whole body or the church, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And that's what I'm hoping will go on here right now. It's just when people add, my Renee said, she had a great word. She said, it was a tapestry, Harold. It was a tapestry. It wasn't just her talking, but everybody seemed to add something to the deal. And so, Ron, you add what you got. There's been many, many things that have happened over the years since we've been here, but one came to mind tonight was my son had a brand new baby girl, Mariah, and basically they told her, told us that she had meningitis. They didn't know if she was going to live, and if she lived, they didn't know, you know, how much brain damage or whatever. Mariah is now 24 years old. She's married, doing well. Nothing wrong with her. A lot of people prayed. Praise God. I just wanted to get up and just thank the whole church because over the last three weeks, we got to find out what a, fam a family's all about. And you guys came in, all oh, guys and girls, you all came in and you helped. And it just was so great. Um, Tracy was so sick. I was the, I got at least of all. But people brought over meals, and it was great. And we really, I just wanted to say thank you. I really feel like I'm part of the body. Yes. 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 Someone else, you got to raise their hand. You're going to get your cardio in here, Draylon. Oh, the newly married one. Okay. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord. Oh, okay. All right. I just want to say thank you um, to the church. Um, I've been here 
for, I moved here in 2019, like April of 2019, and just Pastor Hoffman, Sister Hoffman, the entire pastoral staff, Draylen, Kelsey, and everybody here have just always made me feel like home here. You know, my family is originally in Dallas, Texas, so I'm not, I don't see them, you know what I mean? So really, the church is my family, and my beautiful wife is, today's her birthday, so I'm thankful for her as well as everyone here. And I just want to verbally say that. I'm usually always, you know, in the back doing stuff behind the scenes, but I'm just grateful for all of you. Yep, you just always want to be thankful. Brother Aaron, Stan Aaron, who is he, are you here tonight, Stan? I can't see. Um, I think he's still working, but he sent me a text. He, he, some of his very dearest friends, a Pentecostal family from Waukesha, they were at the parade. Uh, and the driver basically hit their family. They had three children. Uh, two years ago, their eight-year-old girl was killed with a drunk driver. And when this man plowed his car into the parade, when was that, two days ago in Waukesha, um, their, their oldest boy, he was uh, nine, he died instantly. Their other boy was, is, is in serious, serious condition, but Stan just got a hold of him and he said, there's been a lot of people praying, but it, it appears that the youngest boy is going to, he's going to recover. And so uh, um, I don't have their last name yet, but we'll put them on our prayer list because they had a beautiful family and their daughter's gone, their oldest son is gone. It's just, it, things can happen and change very fast, folks. And uh, uh, you be grateful for the family that you have. I, uh, I'm sorry, yes, so who do we have back here? Brenda? Me. Um, our son, Andrew, just turned 40, and he's worked a job for 14 years. And um, the last two years I've been praying that he would get on with Casco. And Matthew and Ronnie put in good words for him and everything. Well, that happened like two months ago that Matthew called him and said, um, there's an opening, Andy, get over here now. The guy hired him on the spot because my prayer was that he would work with some Christian examples and some good dads and um, people that walk righteously. A few weeks ago, he called me and he said, Mom, um, somebody, uh, they, they just hired somebody at work and I was talking to him and, you know, and he says, uh, he's working with me every day. And I said, well, what's his name? And he said, well, it's Josh. And I said, Josh, and he said, yeah, well, come to find out. He said, Mom, he said, I said to him, who hired you? Who got you in here? And he said, Matt Olson. And he goes, and, and Andrew says, well, that's what I know. I know Matt. He got me in here, too. And he goes, well, how do you know him? And he said, well, I, I, I went to church with him. I grew up at First Church. And he said, well, what's your last name? And he said, Lichtel. And he said, well, do you know Bob and Brenda? And he said, yes, it's my mom and dad. Well, it just so happens to be Josh Blasick is working almost every day with my son. And could I have prayed for anybody more godly and righteous and a good dad than this precious man that will work with my son every day? Sorry, can't let that. Um, every single person in this house, you got to understand something that you're a part of the process. The pastor read us a scripture today that we're all fitly joined together, right? I am so thankful that I'm a part of a process, that I'm a part of a miracle, that I'm a part of what God is doing in other people's prayer lives. Um, I wanted to save this to be able to reach out to all of our life group leaders, but 
Um, I am so thankful for you this semester. Um, we've had an incredible semester in our life groups. Um, I don't even have the exact number. I am filing through countless attendance reports right now, trying to find all of the names, but how many people we have coming to First Church because of the life group leaders this semester. In one service, a couple of weeks ago, in one service, we had 13 individuals that were here because of this semester of life groups. In one service. What's taking place, every single one of you individuals that show up to a life group and speak truth and speak encouragement into people's lives, you are a part of the process. You are a part of the miracle that God is doing in people's lives. I can't explain the joy that it is to be able to work with Andy, to be able to see him every day, to be able to, I know right where he's at. I've been in those shoes and I've been in that situation where you're born and raised in a truth and born and raised in this. You know what's right. You know what's wrong. That first step is so hard. If anybody can be able to speak to that first step, you're looking at them right now because I'm telling you, it is a joy and a privilege to be a part of the process. Get involved. Join a life group coming up. Be a life group leader. See what it feels like. See what it's all about to be able to be a part of the miracle that God is doing. If we're no more his hands and his feet than what we can do in those life groups, I, I absolutely love it. So thank you. I want to tell you something. It's not, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. I believe that being thankful, as you're thankful, the Lord blesses you beyond. I don't care what you're going through. And uh, I got to share this with Sister uh, Renee Hoffman in our lift meeting that I know I worked long hours that one day. I have to tell you, there's so many things I could say that God's done. It's unbelievable. And in, in this church, in all of us. <laughs> but um, I was wearing these shoes, and I, I work, you know, going in and out of factories and this and that. And all of a sudden, my foot was just, oh, Lord, I'll tell you, it was one of those things where it was aching, and just like, I said, I got half my day still to go, you know. And, I'm, and it's just aching. I wanted to take my shoe off. Well, you know, can't take your shoe off and be driving and going in factories, right? So that wasn't what I wear. And I was going to say, I said, no, you're not going to. Ephesians 5 and 20 says, for everything give thanks. Thessalonians 1 and 18 says, in everything. So I said, okay, God, in everything, I'm in it. And for it, I thank you for it. And it, the, the ache, I said, this don't make sense, but I'm doing it. And I do it. So I just started thanking the Lord. And all of a sudden, the Lord said, yeah, guess what? You got a foot. I said, okay, yeah, somebody in the world doesn't have a foot. They'd love to have your foot, even if it's aching. Oh, I said, oh, praise the Lord. I got a foot. It's aching, but they would love to have my foot. He said, not only that, you got a shoe? You was able to buy a shoe. Somebody in this world can't buy shoes. Oh, so you know, I said, I'm looking at this a whole lot different. So I said, Lord, I thank you. I praise you. God. I got a foot. I got a shoe. And I'm going down the road. I didn't even get home, Sister Huff. I really didn't get home. But it was aching for quite a while. And I just, when I started praising and worshiping God, and all of a sudden, the pain was gone. Never came back. I wear the shoes. Of, Woo! Jesus is powerful. He means what he says, and he says what he means. Do it. Just do it. Try it sometime. When something goes wrong, just say, okay, in everything and for everything, I'm going to give God thanks. It works. And that's just one testimony. There's a lot of them. In the little town where I was raised, there were two World War II veterans, and one had lost his right leg, and one had lost his left leg, and they wore the same size shoe. And once a year, they went and bought a pair of shoes. <laughs> so, thank God for feet. And, uh, yes, ma'am. Praise the Lord, church. Some of you know my testimony. Um, I'm a walking, living miracle. Praise God. I just, if I can even get to you. Um, many of you probably saw my name up there, Susan Fellows. And I am a nurse at Oakland County Health Department. I work with Sue Martinez. 
and we were very busy doing the COVID cl clinics. And um, in April, we all went down to Florida to have a life celebration for my dad who passed away, my stepdad of COVID. And so I was exhausted, exhausted. Um, when I got down there by the third day, I just, I slept till like 1.30 in the afternoon. I never sleep that long. And I was so, just so fatigued. And then I just thought, oh, it's your asthma, it's your allergies. Well, my daughter-in-law is like, mom, you look gray. You need to go to the doctor, it's an emergency. So my husband, off we go. And um, I'm in the ER and they come back and they're like, your lungs are bad. It's like COVID pneumonia and you know, sir, you're gonna have to leave. So here I am all by myself alone and the first nurse that came in in the evening in the ER said, um, you know, don't quit pu pushing your call light because every time you push it, um, you're exposing me to COVID. So here I am alone in the dark. I see my monitor. I see my oxygen drop and it was 69. Normal should be 98. And I remember my husband put the phone on my side and my phone was ringing while I had the oxygen on, I couldn't talk. I was barely gasping for, for air. And up pops Carrie Vandewater's face on my phone. I couldn't speak because I had like nasal cannula on and oxygen. And she's like, sis, do you need prayer? And I just, she goes, we're gonna start praying. She must have called the whole church and all of you were praying. And do you know those prayers prevented me? They were gonna vent me, put a ventilator. And I, once you go on the ventilator, as a nurse, I know that's not good. But I'll, the one respiratory therapist said, listen, I have to go to the ICU. We're getting a bed ready for you. That was right after Carrie prayed. And I still was having a hard time praying. And all of a sudden, I look at the monitor, I'm all alone, the call button's gone, and I see my oxygen going lower, 69, 66. My heart rate's going boop, boop, boop. I looked at my hands, and I, honest to God, they were blue, like Draylon's coat, my hands. And the only thing I could say was, Jesus, Jesus. I could get that out of my mouth because I knew I was dying. And I remember thinking, if there's anything unclean in me, Lord, I repent of it. I want to come to you and meet you pure and clean. And all of a sudden, it was in a dark room in the ER. I was waiting for the ICU, and I saw this bright light. Oh, my gosh. It was so bright. I, I couldn't even look up. I just looked straight, and I saw a white robe. And his hands were the color of Draylon's. Our Jesus has dark hands. And he said, sweet baby girl, it's not your time. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> it was so peaceful and beautiful. <laughs> and then he said to me, I have someone who wants to meet you. <laughs> and he handed me my grandson, Dakota, in my left arm. And both of my boys and my daughter-in-laws were back at the VRBO, and they both were pregnant with first time. And he goes, here's your grandson, Dakota. And he put him in my arm. And he said, I want you to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth, and I want you to rock your baby, your grandbaby. And so I did, and I could breathe, and I felt so much peace and joy and love. He goes, now wait a minute. I have someone else I want you to meet. This is Reagan, my other son's baby who was in the womb. Here's Reagan. And he goes, I want you to rock him. And then all of a sudden, Dakota took his right hand, little Dakota, and he grabbed Reagan's left hand and he put it like, like, like this, this little arm. And it just went like a night chest and all I kept thinking was the right hand of God and I felt all this tingling in my body and I felt just peace and joy and love and I didn't want to leave I didn't want to come back I'm telling you what it's a beautiful place over there and Jesus kept saying sweet baby girl it's not your time I'm 60 years old then I'm not a baby I'm his baby girl <laughs> 
<laughs> and then all of a sudden Jesus said, shh, shh, listen. And I listened. I didn't hear no monitor. He goes, I heard my husband. I love my wife. Please don't take her, God. I heard my boys. How to please they I need my mom. I want them to see my grandbabies. I heard all of you praying. All of you praying. I could hear each one's prayer. I can't believe it. I don't know how long that went on for. I don't know how long. But then all of a sudden he goes, those are the prayers of the saints going before the throne on your behalf. He said, when you go back, tell them of thee. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then he said, it's time. And I could all of a sudden hear all this commotion and noise. And the respiratory therapist came back from the ICU because they were getting a room ready for me. And she started screaming at the nurse, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you lost her. Look at her, she's gone. She's blue. What happened? You were supposed to be watching her. And the nurse was like, well, and all of a sudden, I hear boop, boop. Boop, and the nurse goes, she's pinking up, she's pinking up. Oh my God, it's a miracle. How are we gonna explain this? And that was the nurse that was mean to me. And then she said to me, what were you doing? And I could barely talk, because I was like this. And I said, I was rocking my grandbabies. And I saw Jesus, and she just didn't know what to say. But from that time on, I mean, there's so many miracles that happened over there. I was the miracle later. People were coming into my room, the ICU, then the step down, because um, they were heard I was a miracle lady, and I was praying with people. They were coming and saying, are you the lady that... I said, yeah. They said, will you pray with me? I said, sure. This is when I was getting well, not, in, you know, probably the third week. And um, one... Uh, housekeeper was in there worshiping with me, dancing, and her supervisor came in and said, oh, we're so sorry, Mrs. Fellows, is she bothering you? I said, are you kidding me? I came back from the dead. You better worship if you come into this room. God is just so good. He blessed me. And then the one doctor was an atheist. I know I'm going on. I should stop. He was an atheist, but he, he looked at the chart. He looked at me. He looked at the chart. He goes, because I requested my chart, and it said, um, will not survive the night, death eminent, will not survive the night. And this doctor was just on call that weekend. Do you know he came to see me every single day? And when you walked in the room, I, you didn't have a chance to leave without me telling you about my Jesus. This doctor, I grabbed his arm and I said, have you seen a miracle? No. I said, well, let me tell you. And you know, he had a tear in his eyes, and he would come see me every day. Praise God. God is so good. He provided all the time. This church was praying. Pastor called to ask my husband, do we need anything? Um, my poor husband, after a week, he was left all by himself. You know, here he's worried. Every day he's calling, and they're like, well, she's stable now, but we can't guarantee she's out of the woods because with COVID patients, you just don't know. But God provided everything, the place for Jim to stay. Then we were able to go to my brother's house when I got discharged because Jim needed to be right by the hospital, which was like an hour from my brother's. And then when we got discharged, we could stay with my brother until we got the oxygen and the okay to go home. And then I found out even more news is that I didn't have to take a family leave. God bless my supervisor, my director. I have favor with them. They fought for me to get workman's comp. So through all this, God was blessing me. He is so good. So you just remember when you pray, every time I pray, I just think of Jesus listening to me. He hears our prayers. He is so good. Praise God. Amazing. All you could do is say Jesus. I know Bob's in this room somewhere. When Brent gets done, Bob, I want you to, if you're in this room, has Bob looked on this room? Yeah, I know he's here somewhere. Where are you at? 
I want you to tell these people that story that you told me about being on this ship and you couldn't say it. All you could do was think it. And, and that was, yeah. Brother Campbell? I'll lighten things up a little bit. Okay, Andrew? November 15th is what day? Opening hunting season day, right? So I got the first deer in Michigan on opening day. It happened to you 4.50 in the morning. I was two miles from work and Dasher, Dancer, Prancer made it. I got Vixen. So Vixen hits my car and drilled me. Everything was okay. A little scrapes. Drove it a couple more miles. When it got daylight, I put some zip ties on it and some duct tape and drove it home. And they totaled it. So not a, not a good start to that week. And then yesterday, I was at work. I ran a little errand. And I work in Goodrich, Michigan, which where Susan Fellows' kids live. When you get to Susan Martinez's house, which is out in the middle of nowhere, you go 18, 14 miles past that. That's where I work. So um, I've got a truck, and I was driving it to work, and it stalls out. And then I call AAA. 30, 45 minutes, we'll be there. 30, 45 minutes goes by, I call AAA again. We'll be there. Go on our app. You can tell, we can tell you your app. So I go on the app. <clears throat> they're five minutes away, four minutes away, three minutes away. They're there. No, they're not. <laughs> so I waited for a tow truck for three hours and 11 minutes. But who was counting, right? <clears throat> so after this is happening, I'm thinking, God, why me? You know, this is a... Uh, we're going to start a capital campaign. I'm going to be hemorrhaging money. Then I go back and say, you know what? The print, Vixen could have been in my windshield. I could have been in the hospital. It didn't happen. I could have been stranded at I-75 in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the dark. So if things are going to happen, it happened on a 38-degree sunny day on a rural road in Goodrich, Michigan. So um, I was just glad that we're all going to go through things. And I know how Sister Hoffman feels now, going to these accidents and, you know, cars stalling out. I tumble over. Yeah. Well, First Church, I just want to praise God first for his goodness and his mercy. But I want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart. I talk a lot in my career as a lawyer. I talk all the time, but talking in front of people, testifying is not my strength, apparently. <laughs> but I just want to say thank you. Um, since Alexa and I came here, um, I've, I've been fully restored. <laughs> Praise God. When we came, when I first had Alexa three years ago, I was here, um, only to be taken down to here. I had to start my life completely over again, to the point where we ended up homeless, and the church had to assist us last year with um, stabilizing our stay in a hotel. Then we became, now we're, we have our own home. Um, we have an apartment, it's the beginning. Um, then, then about this spring, I was struggling with my hemoglobin, and I went to the gastroenterologist, and um, I found a, they found a mass in my colon. I had to have a large portion of my colon removed. And so my sickness, is, I became sick. And then it was like, man, I went from homelessness to sickness to not working. Um, but First Church in every area, they have been there. When I needed shelter, they were there. When I needed food, they were there. When um, I needed 
my, so most of my wardrobe was in storage, so I needed clothes. They were there. Sometimes I didn't even have a want or a need, or I didn't even ask. People just showed up. And so for that, I'm so thankful. And um, now God has just fully restored us. I'm back in my career. My law license has been fully restored. And... Um, I mean, it's like better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. But when you have people that are in your corner uh, standing in the gap for you and interceding for you when you can't pray for yourself. So sometimes uh, when I'm at the altar and when I'm in service, like I'm so excited and so radical, not because I need something. It's because I just can't thank God enough that it makes you want to lose your mind. Because Jesus, Jesus has done exceedingly and abundantly and above all that I can ask or think. So I just can't thank him enough. And so with all my heart, I just thank all of you and Pastor Hoffman, Sister Hoffman, Mama Sue for bringing me here. She was my nurse. I was a high-risk pregnancy because I was pregnant at 35. And she kept asking me to come to her church. And I was like... I grew up Pentecostal, and I went to Pentecostal church, but I was like, man, this lady, she really wants me to come to church with her. And I'm like, okay, eventually I'll go. I kept making excuses, and now we're just one big family, and like, I couldn't imagine not being at first church. So I'm just so thank you. I love you all with the love of Jesus Christ, and thank you for loving us. Are you sure you want me to tell that story? I don't, I don't tell this story much because I believe a lot of people just won't believe it. And I believe it was for me anyway. But it was 1975, I was in the Navy, we were coming back from overseas. Well, we came back from overseas. I had just got the Holy Ghost, March 5th, 1975, and I was all excited. I didn't know anything, but I got the Holy Ghost, and I was so excited. And we went to church. We always prayed an hour before church in the prayer room. We had a great service. We went out to eat afterwards. We were witnessing to some Mormons with the hats and the long beards and just had a great time. Um, I had been transferred from the medical department down to... It's called combat cargo on the flight deck, but I was in a removed from our compartment where I slept in in medical down to this compartment that was three bunks high, and there was probably three or four hundred people in that one big compartment. So we came back, we went out to eat, came back, I went, God was on the top bunk, I got a little curtain, a little light, I was, I was just happy and thankful, and I thanked God, and I went to sleep. And somewhere, I'm guessing maybe three in the morning, uh, something started to come over me. It started down on my feet. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen anybody take like a knife and scrape it across like a, an animal's body where the, where the skin will just crawl. Um, it started at my feet, and whatever that was hated my guts. And it was coming up my legs, and it come up to my chest, and it was going right through my flesh. All my hair was sticking up straight everywhere. And uh, I was sound asleep. And uh, I started waking up. This thing, I could, I could feel its eyes. I could feel it. It wanted to kill me. It wanted to snuff me out. It, insane hatred toward me. And as I'm waking up, I didn't want to look at it. I didn't want to open my eyes, but... Something way down inside of me just was like a fire, like a furnace, just boiling. And it's, it started coming out. And as I woke up, I knew I was screaming something at the top of my voice. And I woke up hearing my own self screaming, In Jesus! 
Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And I'm telling you, it stunk like the worst smell that whatever that was, that thing stunk. It was like sewer, rotten flesh. It was nasty. And I felt that thing lift off of me. I turned my head and it kind of drifted out the other side of my curtain. And as it's drifting away, I could just, the, the way it was looking at me and wanted to kill me. And it drifted away and I sat up and I patted myself, turned my light on. I went back to the guy that led me to God. I said, what was that? And he said, we're not playing church anymore. This is real. He explained that the demons that, you know, cast the kid in the fire and the beams of Jesus, they're still alive. But also the angels, they're still alive too. And I thought, you know, it, it actually gave me faith because I, I realized that, number one, God had to pull back the, the hedge for that thing to even come to me because I'm protected. And, and another thing, I could have woke up speaking in tongues, but it was in English. And I heard my own, it wasn't me thinking, oh, there's a demon, I'm going to rebuke it. It was whatever was in me was coming out and saying it, gee, just, scr just screaming it. There's 300 guys out, nobody said anything to me. In Jesus' name. So it gave me faith that when I'm not even watching out for myself, he's protecting me. And I am, I'm just glad to be alive, really. <laughs> I'm just glad to be alive. All he can do is just yes. Jesus. Yes. Just Jesus' name. I got something I want to be thankful for. Let me read you a verse. It says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zechariah, of the course of Abiah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. If you know your Bible, this is the dad and mom of John the Baptist. And so I did a little homework on this thing where it said he was of the course of Abiah. And the scripture is quite clear that at this time there were 38,000 men serving in the priesthood. And Moses had divided them into what were known as Kohenines, 24 courses of 38,000 men. And if you were a priest, you you could only serve 30 years. You, you could serve when you were 20, but when you were 50, you had to stop. And so when I did the math, realizing you could only serve for 20 years, from, or rather, it's 20 years, 30. You could go to war when you were 20, but you couldn't be in the priesthood in, until you were 30. So 30 to 50, so you had 20 years. There's 51 weeks in a Jewish year. So you can serve six days a week. That's 306 days per year um, times 20. So if you had 20 years and there were 306 days during a year when you could serve. Then 306 times 20 is 6,120. And you had 38,000 priests. So if you, you grab what I'm trying to say, there was only one week 
in the whole career of Zechariah's priesthood when he could serve in the temple. And yet, this is the guy with his wife who are the parents of what Jesus said was the greatest man that was ever born. He went on to say, but he that is least in the kingdom is greater than he. But John the Baptist is one very special person. What, what I'm trying to show you is it wasn't the big things. It was the small things. Because when I read Luke 1, the only reason that I can find that this man and woman were chosen to the, be the parents of John the Baptist who introduced Jesus to the world, the Bible said they were blameless. They were blameless. Most people know the story of David and Goliath. But what you have to realize is when Goliath was dead, the battle wasn't over. <laughs> it says the army of Israel went and spoiled the army of the Philistines. Ladies and gentlemen, if killing giants was the requirement for greatness, there sure wouldn't be many great people. David gets all the attention, but the truth is there was thousands of nameless people that were in the army that were just as responsible for the victory that day as David was over Goliath. My point is, I'm grateful for you because I get a lot of the attention. People go to Brother Hoffman's church, which I never was comfortable with people saying that. But that's what they do. But the truth is, as a pastor, I just want you to know how grateful I am for amazing, faithful people. You, we had a man here this past weekend who's from Australia, and he has a lot to do with um, production and um, recording and different projects with a lot of different gifted people. But when he saw the teams that were in the church, he told Draylon and he told Brother Mike Meadow, you have exceptional teams in this church. And it's been a long time before I've ever seen anybody like this. Charity was here. I didn't know who Charity Gale was, but apparently there's an awful lot of people that do. And uh, people from Australia were getting hold of us and said, you're going to have Charity Gale at your church? And I said, yeah, why? And they said, don't you know who Charity Gale is? No, I don't know who she was. But in her circle, she's a big deal. And uh, she, she sings in front of massive crowds on a regular basis. But when she left here, she told us, you call me and I'll come back anytime. I was blessed to be there and I really, really enjoyed what you were doing. And I just want you to know I'm thankful. I'm thankful. My daddy, uh, I, I love that scripture when it talks about uh, Enoch. It said, for God took him. And uh, that's what happened in our family a couple weeks ago. God, God took my dad. And it was good. It was good. And uh, um, but I, I am very grateful. I, Ken buried his daddy this week. Valerie's mom just passed. We're, a lot of us are in the same boat. Our parents are, are older and they're, we're, we're, they're being requisitioned off the glory at a pretty rapid pace. But we've been fortunate that we've had good parents. When I was here for Talisha's heart session a couple weeks ago, I had no idea. David Daly, who is Susan Martinez's daddy. Ah. Sue, is Sue here tonight? I don't mean to, if, when she gave her testimony, I'm bawling like a little girl, man. I had no idea, I, I had no idea. 
Susan's grandfather used to take his wife. He worked for the police department and he would take his service revolver and put her up against the wall in front of the kids and shoot his gun and outline her body on the wall with his bullets. And that was the horror and the hell that Susan's daddy was raised with. And just unbelievable stories of abuse and, and just, and to see how God has been so merciful and so kind. I, I used to think I had a normal childhood. I had one mom, one dad. I went to the same school. I went to the same church. I had the same pastor. I realize now after pastoring for these years, I didn't have a normal childhood. I had an abnormal childhood. Because there's an awful lot of people that have just come from a lot of broken, broken situations. I never had that experience. And I just want you to know, as a pastor, I'm thankful for you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you. You second that? The boss seconds it. Okay, that's a big deal. <laughs> Mother, you got something to say? Draylen, get my mom a microphone. I third it. I live with an angel. Put that up by your mouth now. I live with an angel called Renee Hoffman. My God. Uh, that's why I didn't stand. I am very full. She's at my back and side all the way with Harry and today and all this thing the other day. <clears throat> one, one of the sisters said, we're just praying for you every day. <laughs> I, said, I wanted to say I'm sorry, but I didn't. I said, thank you, but Couple days ago, when I had the COVID, I I told Renee I turned over and I said, God, I know you can do it, and whether you'll do it or not, I don't know if you'll do it for me, but I'd sure like to have my taste back tomorrow. <laughs> and I woke up the next morning, and water tasted horrible. I can drink water or nothing. Everything was back. <laughs> it was back. So I'm back. Come on. So <laughs> hey, I'll tell you why I know my mom's back. She wasn't feeling good. She said, oh, I would just like to have some cottage cheese. So I go to Kroger's and I'm thinking, I got two selections. I get Kroger's, I get Borden's. I thought Borden's was the good stuff. So it's mother, you know, so I get the Bordens. I take it back. I don't want Bordens. I want Kroger cottage cheese. Okay. So I take the Bordens back and I get Kroger's cottage cheese and I come back and she said, that's 2%. I want 4% large curd. You got me 2% small curd. I want Kroger's 4% large curd. And I was like, now I know you're back. You're, you're getting better now. And it's just... Uh, I saw it, uh, someone sent me a text today. It was a guy talking to two Amish men and he said, why don't Amish people get COVID? And he said, we don't have television. <laughs> Come here, Draylen, get your guitar. Yeah, sit down with me. Tony, you got something to say? Huh, who was, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, all I was going to say was um, I was just thankful for Draylen because, um, you know, and just the whole ministry and, um, you know, the family here, the culture that you've, you know, created and the heart. Um, it's very common with everybody here. You know, I've been to a whole lot of different churches, but, you know, I yeah. was like, I was in this house, this bachelor house, yeah. right, that like is just nothing but like, you know, bachelor stuff, you know. Yeah. No, no good news. No good. Um, yeah. And I, I honestly wouldn't have left that group, that mindset, if Draylen wasn't calling me and like praying with me and talking yes. and talking with 
with me about it and, and through it, and I'm just very appreciative. I don't think I would have been here today. So praise no. God. Amen. Praise God. No. I remember the first night I met Tony in Draylon's basement, and he made it very apparent to me, I'm just visiting, don't expect to see me again, I won't be around much. And, uh, but you're kind of like a bad rash, dude, we can't get rid of you, and uh, it's nice. Sing that song, Draylon, all my life you've been faithful. Amen. Uh, just do it unplugged. Just Give me a, unplugged. do it Eric Clapton style here. Yeah. Yeah. side with Josh. This has been the best season of life groups we've ever had. And uh, you know, it, I, I gave myself a long time ago to, to trying to study the Bible. And so Wednesday night was kind of like my baby, you know. This is when I could go slow and just take my time. And I always enjoyed Wednesday night Bible study. And when they told me you know, Pastor, would you consider doing life groups? And I said, what does that mean? Uh, well, what it basically means is um, you're not going to have the access. You're not going to have a, a, a Wednesday night Bible study the way you have in the past. And it was like, it was very, very difficult for me to back away from, my, from, from this time that I always had with the people. And, but man, the... The people that we've been able to touch through the life groups, it, it, was, it was a better idea and it's a better product. So I want to thank everybody that's participated. And, uh, but on either next Wednesday or the one after, Draylon had all these people in his life group. He was teaching guitar and music. We'll have them do the worship set for our Bible study and uh, just include every one of them and it'll just be a fun night lord jesus <laughs> your word says that we enter into your gates with thanksgiving we're, we're, we're never going to get to the outer court and we're sure never going to get to the holy place if we can't somehow get through the fence and get through the gate and have her a heart of thanksgiving. Father, I am so grateful for your air that's in my lungs right now, for your sanity that's in my mind, and for your strength that's in my body. We are so grateful and we're so blessed. You've been so long-suffering and you've been very merciful to all of us. And I ask you humbly tonight, Lord, that you would sanctify the rest of this week. Bless these dinners that these families are about to have. Let it be more than turkey and dressing and a little bit of pumpkin pie. Just let it be a great time, Lord, of fellowship and a great time of oneness. I ask you, Lord, that you would just sanctify this entire time and strengthen every one of these families. Give every one of these precious people a good night's rest. And when we wake in the morning, Lord, we want you to know that there's gonna be thanks on our mouth and there's gonna be gratitude in our heart for everything that you've done because Thanksgiving is never just November for First Church. Thanksgiving is a way of life. Thanksgiving is just something that we do every day. Very, very thankful, Lord, for all that you've done. 
So we ask you humbly, keep a foundation beneath us and a hedge round about us and a canopy over us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and call it done. Amen. Amen. Let's thank him together. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. Thank you for these testimonies and for all these. Amen. So greet one another and go have a great time with your family. And we'll be back together Sunday morning. And it's going to be a wonderful time of rejoicing. Thank you so much for coming. Be careful going home. God bless every one of you. Good night. Good night.